particles of science and engineering it took to recover this gold, gold, gold. Welcome to All Gold Everything, a podcast for people who riff. Ria. <laughs> riff. We're going to be riffing today. Wow. wow, wow, wow. Uh, I'm one of your hosts. I'm Heidi. I'm Sandy Hammer. And uh, I got to say, today we have, we're back to podcasting midday, which is amazing. And today we I have- I love it. I know. I really like it. It's nice. It's nice. It's gorgeous outside. <laughs> so nothing better than coming in a dark, dark studio <laughs> where I am more comfortable in the darkness. Well, I will say it's nice and cool in here still. Because last is. year during the summertime when we come in here, it'd be 150 <laughs> degrees by the time night rolled around. So. That won't happen now because we're in the big room. I know. hey Also, Mark's not wearing his hat anymore because it's summertime. Yeah. Summer, summer, summer. I feel um, like I want to get him some sunblock though. Yeah, we should do that. Yeah. Oh my you god. You got to be careful, Mark. I was watching a thing this morning on morning TV where they had a guy on that was like a doctor, a skincare doctor, and he was dressed like straight up like the island of Dr. Moreau. He was wearing all white, big hat, huge sunglasses, and he was like wanting to make sure everyone knows one sunburn. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to end up like me. Well, I'm just saying, what do you mean? You don't you're California girl, <laughs> so many sunburns with no sunblock. Yeah, I'm gonna be. Are like you worried Swiss about being cancerous? Oh, I'm gonna get cancer I'm for not sure. Worried about it, but I'm not worried of, about you. The, no, it'll be the kind of cancer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock on wood real quick. <laughs> like I'm going to be having chunks of skin removed throughout the remainder of my life. This is just, just gonna happen. <laughs> Starting the show off with a real lighthearted <laughs> conversation about this cancer. Is, I mean, I kind of agree is though. Life. This is real life. I'm in some acceptance around that myself yeah. because I've definitely had more than one sunburn and I'm sure that there will be uh, chunks of slicing and dicing going on. Yeah. It's fine. I'll be like, while you're there, can you give me a tuck on the eyes? I know, right? I know. Uh, so well, I, know. I can't even get my dermatologist to take a mole off of my face. Look, <gasps> me neither. Yeah. So you know what? like they could take out cancer, but they can't take out a mole. I mean, I mean really, we I'm, can put a man on the moon and you can't take off a mole from my face. Exactly. I have one on the end of my nose that they won't take off because they're like, oh, well, if something went wrong, then you like would seriously be missing a part of your nose. I'm like, there well, are plastic surgeons for that. I know, but it's elective because it's like not a thing. Anyway, but yes. Maybe once this podcast starts paying, I'll be getting plastic surgery on my nose mole. Oh, girl, we're going to have to check ourselves. <laughs> we are going to seriously have to check ourselves. Hey, well, today we've got pastries, we've got coffee, we've got lottery tickets, we're gambling. This is the fucking okay. best damn thing I do for myself each week. I want to show you guys. Sandy's got some vegan toast. It's like a spelt and avocado and like some kind of, uh, oh, adobe sauce that is really hot. Adobo. Oh, like like chipotle and adobo. Yeah, I adobo. That's what yeah, it that's it. I don't eat that because it it's makes heaven. my face melt off. It's heaven. I mean, there's a lot of onions on this. Mm-hmm. I will not be kissing anybody, but that's okay. Well, you know what? I got it from uh, this over uh, anyway. upper left upper left roasters, and I had had it before when I was practicing vegan, and I it was the only vegan thing on their menu aside from they do have a vegan chocolate brownie, which they didn't have today. Uh, but anyway, I brought that for you, and it's it does Thank make you. your face melt off. Okay, before we really get going. After this, now that we've had our Skin Cancer Awareness Month. <laughs> and face melt. PSA. <laughs> My chunky, holy face is now going to melt. Excellent. <laughs> setting, setting everyone up for success. No uh, more sci-fi after this. No more. We have a couple of announcements to make before we really get into the show. First of all, uh, we're doing an appearance uh, next week. Yes. Yes. Ah. And I don't have my outfit together yet. Next week, Sandy and I will be appearing at the Red Dress Party, which is on the 18th of May. VIP. It is at the Veteran Memorial Coliseum. We are going to be sitting in the VIP section. It's going to be a huge party. I don't know if Heidi and I have ever partied together. Mm -mm. Um, You know we're going to party. the way (laughs) We're going to do at least one boomerang. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? So if any of our listeners are going to be at the red dress yes. party, please come see us, hook up with us, say hey. We would love a photo with you and yeah. we'd love to... Uh, We'd love to say hey. We'd love to say hi. We'd love to meet you. And we'd also, yeah, we want to take some pictures together. Um, so also DM us or something. Just give us a heads up. Whatever. We want to meet you. Yeah, so just come see that's going to be great. Red dress You'll party. You'll find us in the VIP. Looking, ah. We're going to be looking fly. I'm going to be wearing an outfit that I would never wear otherwise. And yeah. that's kind of the funnest part. Yeah. I have no idea what I'm going to wear. I, this one Can has this one snuck up on me. Well, that's what I was trying to say about days off. I want to go shopping with you, but I don't, can't do it today. Oh. 
I know. So I don't. We can talk about that off the air. <laughs> we could go day of. We we will talk. Whoa, we will. that would actually be like a great challenge to be like, can we go day of and like get our shit together and be there looking? I mean, I know we can. Let's revisit this because mm-hmm. I have some options. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like mm-hmm. where that's at. The other thing that we have to kind of just uh, take care of is that you know we are, I do want to let all of our listeners know we're on Patreon, um, so you can find our profile, all gold everything on Patreon. We're going to be posting our ruthless review this week. This week's ruthless review. Ruthless review. This is <laughs> the ruthless review. Is the Met Gala edition? Oh yes, that was fun prepping for this one. It was. I love this. So we're not uh, reviewing a boring movie this time. We are reviewing fashion, people. Fashion. Yes. Now I actually watched a little documentary on Netflix about the Met Gala from the year that they did the uh, East meets West, or like the through the looking glass into China. Okay. It was a couple of years ago. It was like. Was that where Rihanna was all yellow? Yes. Yes. That was iconic. Yes. And there's a lot of, there. Uh, she takes up a lot of space in the documentary because apparently like they had a budget for her coming because um, she also performed there. Um, and then they were, they talked to her people and her people were like, uh, Rihanna doesn't go anywhere with under a crew of 35 people. And every, that's like her skeleton crew of her entourage that comes with her. Damn. And it's going to cost double your budget. Now they didn't say what the budget was, but I'm guessing it was like, a million bucks at mm-hmm. least. Anyway, it was crazy. But the rest of the documentary was kind of boring. So we're not going to review the documentary. We're just going to review the fashion. Excellent. Love it. Love it. Uh, what else have we got going on? More to come about Rihanna. <laughs> Who wasn't there, but her presence was. She hurt. wasn't there this year. No. Oh, I wonder. You didn't I'm, notice? Well, I looked at a picture. I was honestly, I was like, why, why can't I find any pictures of Rihanna? And then I saw one. It must have been from last year. No Taylor Swift. No hmm. Rihanna. That's curious. One of the things I did learn by watching this documentary. No Ariana Grande. Yeah. yeah. Is that uh, every designer is allowed to pick like a muse that they bring. Uh, yeah, I did catch that. Yeah. And so maybe nobody selected them as their muses. And the other thing I noted that I learned from this documentary is that Anna Wintour is adamant about scaling down the guest list so Mm. is it possible that those three did not make the guest list but like the kardashians did i don't know i don't know anyway uh we'll get into it i think it's possible it is possible (laughs) because people drop everything i don't think it's schedule conflicts i Mm. think people drop everything Mm -hmm. to be there I agree. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Uh, all right. So anyway. Really getting into this. We are we are all in. Maybe we'll get to go some year. Uh maybe. <laughs> maybe. When this podcast totally. is when this podcast is really banking us is really like banking us some change and then I get some plastic surgery on my nose mole. And, and I have plastic <laughs> surgery on my like several face moles and, and my nose. Then we'll go. Then we'll go. Um, fix my shit. Speaking we'll of the Kardashians, go. that leads us right into the first story of the of the more of the afternoon, uh, which is that uh, okay. There's a story about the Kardashians. Surprise! No surprise! Long time no see, guys. Every single week. Long time no see. Maybe we should turn this podcast into a podcast about the. No, we should not no. turn it into a podcast about the Kardashians. Okay, so uh, let's see. Buzzfeed is reporting that KKW, that's what we're calling her now, Kim Kardashian West, has released 17 people from prison in the last three months since she took up. And really applied herself to her legal career. Oh, I just had a super cynical thought. Yes. I just hope they like <laughs> re, like what's it called when they, I just hope they commit crimes. <laughs> that they reoffend. That they reoffend. I hope that they fucking <laughs> reoffend. That was just my That'll cynical thought. That's I don't okay. actually hope that. That's just my first cynical, <laughs> cynical thought because this is how this mug works. Yeah. It's good to know. And People then need I, to know. And then I do work and I am, I practice mindfulness and then I notice that that's a cynical thought. Yeah. And then I think about what's really true to me and I realize that of course I don't help. I don't hope that they reoffend. <laughs> it would be ironic though. I mean, or I don't know if it'd be ironic, but it would, it would be, be amusing. Like vindication. Yeah. Like, haha, see, I knew that you were no good. Yes. But, but then like, okay, mindfulness, notice. Of course, <laughs> I don't want Kim K to be no good. Of course I want Kim K to be good because yeah. I want to live in a world among good people. Yes. That's how that works. Yeah. A little, little snapshot. Thank you for taking us there. I snapshot into how this mug that. works. Yes, it's good. Yeah. Apparently her personal lawyer weighed in on this, which I don't know what the difference is between being Kim Kardashian's personal lawyer and being like her PR person. Well, she probably has 72 lawyers. Yeah, she probably Can does. we just be honest? I mean, girlfriend's been divorced enough that she definitely has 72 lawyers. Yeah, let's put a pin in this. I want to finish where we're going, but mm. we need to come back to something that I have recently learned about the Kardashians yes. that just feeds my cynicism. But yeah. do go on. Well, I think that's about it. I was just going to say that she's got a she's got a lawyer who said that she's using her platform to shine a light on these, I guess, wrongly convicted or yeah. overly sentenced that's people. That's the idea. Like right. working with like, um, you know, like 
the Innocence Project and right. things like that, or just overly sentenced, like people on marijuana charges right. who went to jail for 20 years and left their kids and put them into the cycle of violence. And it's really actually a very unfortunate thing. And go, you know what? Good job, Kim K. Use your powers Shine your lights. for good. Shine and I hope light. that it truly is good. What I learned is unfortunately not truly good. I think it's shady as fuck. Ooh, give us and some this shady is how the rich the people Kardashian. stay rich and us in the middle stay in the middle and keep fucking sinking. Uh, I heard yeah. that the Kardashians have a church. Oh my God. So it's a tax shelter. Yes. <gasps> and I'm telling you. What? We need a church. We need a church. We need an all gold, gold pod. church. <laughs> Seriously. Come worship at the Church of All Gold Pod. Oh, I do like this, actually. I, I really like where no, this is going. <laughs> that is super grandiose. We're going to check ourselves. We aren't going to go there. We just want listeners. We just That's true. We just want people to subscribe. Yeah, Fuck true. the church. Yeah, you can just, subscribe to us without um, joining a church. You don't even have to worship us. No, you don't. You can no. even disagree with us and write to us about it. Oh, that would be great. I'd love to get some haters. We know we were on the show. That's one other thing before we go further down this, before we go further down the uh, church of the Kardashians. Uh, yesterday, Sandy and I were on K2 uh, Afternoon Live with Trey Renee for the I third time. It was so great. I love Trey Renee. She is bomb. She's the best. Yes. It's very, she makes it very, you know, I sent the link to a couple people who said we did a great job and I was like, you know what? Trey Renee makes it so easy. She's very easy to talk to. She asks tons of questions. Like it's very casual. But one of the things, one of the questions she asked us about was like, when, what do you do when you have haters in your group of, of supporters and um or how do you how do you spot a hater yeah and i'm like well i mean if it walks like a, if it sounds like what did i say if it walks like a hater and it talks like a hater it's a hater right yeah uh, and now i can't remember why i'm bringing this up oh because it would be fun to have some haters so if you want to hate on us send us some emails or dm us or leave us some notifications on our youtube channel let us know why you hate us <laughs> so i don't really want to inv invite haters but i will let you know that it does to me it is like a sign of we've arrived yeah. if we have haters mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but i like that also because like in in our community yeah that i have a little frustration with we're not allowed to talk about haters that's really negative oh and it's nice to be able to be like yes there are haters yeah. and like in some people's circles people actually still have haters in their circles like I remember that when I was young you'd be with a friend mm -hmm. and you'd be like getting dressed to go somewhere it wasn't really and friend. you'd be like like should I wear this and when they say yes or you're should like, I get no. my hair cut off and they say yes yeah. you're like oh, I don't think you're telling me the I don't think you're you're telling me this from like the goodness of your heart I yeah. think you want me to like chop my hair off and wear this ugly outfit it's like a friend of me yeah you know but like it was it, it was kind of common before yeah. you know before all the changes happened in my life and I started yeah. choosing the people in my life differently. So to totally. me now it's like really obvious. There's no way I would confide my shit to somebody I didn't trust mm -mm. ever. Not in a million years. Ever. It was funny to hear her talk about that. And yeah. I don't know if that means, you know, she was like giving us a, a kind of a scenario, kind of a, um, if a you hypothetical. have to side eye them and you have to wonder if they're giving, if they're just trying to be haters, then you don't trust them. Yeah. And they're haters. And you should, you know, and, and you would not, these would not be the people that I would recommend anybody confiding in somebody, <laughs> that you have to side eye and think now it's tough in relationships mm. because like if I don't like your man mm -hmm. and you're telling me that your man is doing some shady shit yeah I'm gonna go hard yeah unless true. you know so that that is that's a different thing and that gets tough but usually um your friends are right about that and they're not just hating on you and wanting you to be alone and miserable no. usually they want you to be alone and yeah. thriving and then finding the person that is really truly meant for you totally I wish I had time to say that to Trey Renee <laughs> she can you're listen. listening I know we can tag her she can listen to this um well speaking of haters and uh oh, oh do we have more on the, the church of kardashians no that's okay. it it would just be another cynical rant if i went on <laughs> so i have a new thing for you to, to shift a cynical rant to which is that uh there's some summer programming coming on everyone's launching new shows this summer and on the way over here actually i heard a commercial for a show a reality show that's going to be hosted by Kristen cavallari of uh, Laguna Beach or oc fame or whatever right um and it's called paradise hotel and it's a four-week <laughs> <laughs> it's yes. gonna be on Fox. It's only four weeks long, yeah. and the couples have to hook up or check out. You have to bone to stay you in have the to hotel. Bone to stay in the hotel. Okay, so isn't is this a reboot of an old show? I think I do not think it's his first time around. I'm with yes. you. I think that there was something about this um, maybe ten years ago. So anyway, that had me think about reality shows, and I found this story this week. Uh, do you watch The Bachelor, Bachelorette? We've talked about The Bachelor because Colton, the last series was a Bachelor, so yes. now we're back on Bachelorette. 
So apparently a woman named Hannah competed for Colton's heart last season, didn't win it. She is now the new bachelorette. And there is a contestant who is vying for Hannah's heart this season. His name is Mateo Veas, 25 from Atlanta, Georgia, from the ATL. Here's a picture. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can see a picture of uh, Mateo. Isn't he just an unremarkable white man? He kind of looks, he looks very just unremarkable. so unremarkable. <laughs> what was it that we were talking about with Joey yesterday where we were talking about, oh, uh, you're wearing a, uh, you're wearing a button-down shirt tucked into your khakis with yeah. Oh, like, oh, 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 we're talking about your dog. This might be no. Now I don't. I don't want to insult Weebay, but this might be the male version of Weebay. If he, only if he has an inhaler in his pocket. Yeah, yeah. He needs an inhaler in his pocket and like his mom's phone number. Yeah, he. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. And I feel like he might have like some kind of very lame tattoo, but I can't. Oh, like geez. maybe this Is guy's it like got the like a Tasmanian yeah. devil. Oh, <laughs> maybe he's got like a a barbed wire tattoo or something. He's not quite old yes. enough, yeah. but you know. Right, right. Um, so anyway, uh, his, Mateo, uh, it turns out, has fathered 114 children via sperm donation. Did he just need money or what? I Why don't know. did he donate his young sperm? I just, it, we were talking about this before the show and Mark said like, he's he's out, right? I mean, what did you say? He's out of rotation. He's out of rotation. Should we be pulling this guy out of rotation? And I we have to say- We should be pulling I, this gene pool. We don't need more agree. unremarkable white men. Certainly not 114 <laughs> more <laughs> I mean could you imagine if like I don't His know Bonobo's shirt I, I see you <laughs> I, don't know. I see you Mateo yeah or is it like an untuck it it's either an untuck it or a Bonobo's it's like and you want to I wonder if these khakis are shorts or full pants and you oh, know he's I hope wearing they're like shorts a, I hope they're shorts with white sneakers <laughs> white sneakers yes yes he's like damn Daniel he's like damn Daniel combined with like I don't know a sperm donor I just feel like I need to know why this young man is donating his sperm 25 you're right he's very young why is he donating his sperm <laughs> i don't know why anyone donates their sperm i have to say i have to guess financial financial yeah. reasons but i mean I, there must be a lot of clear legal work about liability because what if all 114 of his kids came to him That'd and were amazing. like amazing i'm going to college i need some money or you know whatever yeah i don't yeah i don't think you can do that you must not donors. be able to because i mean otherwise not, no. no i was just gonna make a really crude it's not working for me <laughs> um i wish it would <laughs> I need some money for law school. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know why anyone donates uh, that much sperm other than um, he must be getting some money from it. <laughs> yeah, probably like 40 bucks. I think he I think he once had a meth habit. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you can donate plasma and sperm and get money for meth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Oh, okay, so this is another weird pairing. Um, another question, kind of one of these eternal rhetorical questions, the first of which is why would Mateo donate that much sperm? The second of which <laughs> is that... <laughs> only a young man could only a young man could i don't know i just read about this or heard about this on the radio the other day you know post malone who looks like a doodle bot like it looks like people just took a cabbage patch kid and scribbled all over him right yeah he's kind of a cutie he's one of many he's yeah one and of he's many. a lot like a little pump right yeah. he's like these kind of adorable kids but then like have all this like face ink and like whatever anyway post malone is oh, a huge good Lord. i can't he's a huge fan of crocs <laughs> Oh my not only, god. Okay, not only is Post Malone a huge fan, so this little doodle bug is always <sighs> bopping around in Crocs. <laughs> I'm just looking at this picture, I'm dead. You must watch this on YouTube because, or you have to Google it or whatever, because, I mean, look at the state of this guy. He's like so adorable and weird and he... <laughs> He's obsessed with Crocs. Okay, so he wears them all the time. So, of course, he paired up with Crocs and he created a Post Malone line of Crocs, which is what we have in the picture here. Mm -hmm. I'm catching his... I'm catching the vibe. I'm yeah, like, also, I have barbed wire on my forehead, <laughs> so put barbed wire on the Croc. This is incredibly creative. I do like that this dovetailed really nicely with my, bar my barbed wire comment about Mateo, which I didn't even realize that he had barbed wire on. Yeah. It just happened subconsciously. It's just, he's got a barbed wire crown. Crown, yes. Uh, uh, how very Nine Inch Nails and Jesus-y of you. Yeah. There's like a lot of things going into that so anyway uh this is his first collaboration with crocs um but he's <laughs> on to a second collab <laughs> i mean he just must be i mean he must have so much fucking money that he just sits around and, like lights it on fire and stuff like i just what in the world i want to i mean i don't even i would do a collaboration with crocs I would have to really think on that. <laughs> I would have to really think on that because I would want the money, but yeah. I'm like, Crocs? I know, but I like the randomness of it. It is weird. I mean, it, it, for me, it would have to be like a big, just like leveling of my ego. Yeah. I've like, never worn a pair of Crocs. Have you? Hells no. I mean, because they're, they're supposed to be comfy. 
ever. They make a high heel. No. <laughs> no. They're the worst. I would I think I would do it just because of the randomness of it. I just think it's such a strange thing to collaborate on <laughs> they already have the little poppets you could put in them of yeah. like little bees that and seems like a little and <laughs> a you little know. maybe we could get our own like all gold pod uh charm for okay crocs. here's where i would wear crocs okay if i was a gardener mm -hmm. And when I stepped into my garden, I could see myself stepping into my garden in a pair of honeybee Crocs. Oh, that's adorable. That's yeah. really cute. <laughs> that would be, I guess that would be my only time in my whole entire life where I'd ever, ever, ever wear Crocs. And when you say honeybee Crocs, would they be like black and yellow striped? They'd be or yellow and they'd have the little, little honeybee pop-ins. Oh, you could cute. pop it in. I know what yeah. I'm getting you for your birthday. <laughs> but I don't have a garden. <laughs> that's all right. It's still going to be great. I can't wait to do that. What? Yeah, get you a garden yeah. and some honeybee crocs. You Sandy's birthday is in August, so if anyone, any of our listeners would like to help me with this, just let me know. DM me directly, and we'll get you a garden and some honeybee crocs. And then we'll just take tons of pictures of them, and then we'll send them to crocs, and then before you know it, we'll be paid. Okay, okay. you're making this sound a little better. <laughs> I'm coming around. Speaking of getting paid, uh, the there's a, uh, a uh, beverage company out there called Liquid Death. <laughs> and let me drink some of that let me drink some of that you might want to though because they just raised 1.6 million dollars to launch launch a water line so they're going to sell tall boys of water mm -hmm. at concerts and stuff and i just kind of feel like i'm here for that i a tall boy is my favorite way to drink a diet coke i mean it makes sense because we're also worried about getting cancer from plastic now yeah so it makes sense to put it in aluminium also i was in uh, new york city this week and one of the peloton instructors that i was there to see gave a talk about keeping your skin in good shape and she mentioned drinking a lot of water yes which is not news it's not like a fucking news flash to anyone but mm -hmm. it's a good reminder yeah. so if i had to drink a can of water i may as well make it a big can of water and drink it up totally yeah yeah so. i mean it makes it, it does make sense because have you drank the boxed water no have you uh, yeah it's weird yeah that's actually i'm not surprised that it's weird because one of my things you know uh the sea turtles got together and like got all the cities to make a ban on plastic straws yes the power of the sea turtles should not be underestimated mm -hmm. i don't want to piss them fuck off around. yeah i'm i'm not i mean i would do sea turtle crocs maybe maybe you could do honeybee ones and i do little blue ones with cute little turtle pins i bet in them. they have them yeah, yeah yeah i would do that um so we don't want to piss off the sea turtles but they do they have eliminated the use of plastic straws in most of portland yeah and, and like some cities have outlawed plastic bottles period yeah yeah um and now you have to drink your beverage through a paper straw yes which is fucking disgusting it's frankly. a little yeah i mean there's a time limit you have a window yeah. when the straw is intact <laughs> You do. <laughs> so it's like, you better drink fast. You better. Yeah. You better chug it through. You better just yeah, drink yeah. it up because. <laughs> I like, I'm good with the compostable straws though. Those uh -huh. are, I don't even yes. notice the difference. I agree with you on that. But yeah. paper straws make me like, ugh. I don't know what it is if it's like from uh, one of my first jobs was bussing tables, but wet paper, you know, like wet napkins, wet paper, especially wet straw wrappers. Ugh, make me cringe. They really like get me blah, going. So anyway, uh, I would drink a water out of a tall boy. Um, the other thing that's kind of interesting in the local news is that the state of Oregon just passed a, some legislation that allows Oregon dentists to administer all vaccines. I feel yeah. like you're on board with this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. I feel like people should be able to get vaccines anywhere. You should, you should get yeah. them and having your dentist give them to you makes, I mean, I already hate going to the dentist anyway, yeah, although my dentist is awesome. It's about missed opportunities. Mm -hmm. You know, you just want to, you want to really minimize, you want to minimize the missed opportunities. You want to maximize the opportunities. Yeah. So going to the dentist makes perfect sense to mm -hmm. me to give it. Um, and I, and they're already like, um, an institution that knows how to, um, like inventory monitor handle. Mm certain medications, medications so you wouldn't have to I wouldn't be so worried about like have these been sitting on a counter for how long mm. or whatever you know yeah. what I mean yeah so I'm I'm good with it plus dentists are doctors lest we yeah. forget yeah they go through a lot of school yeah they don't usually put any injections into any muscles but I'm actually certified to give vaccinations, so oh. I know how f how easy it is maybe we'll put on a clinic yes. sometime <laughs> next year can you that's give, not can, how you do it can you give mark and i a flu vaccine next year i can we could do a live event we'll stream it on twitch it'll give us a couple months to get it going <laughs> that would be fun i may get my privileges revoked oh my god could you wear some white crocs with little needle pins with little needle I, charms I, would, I will not <laughs> i will not Mm -mm. This is a fun game. Yeah. 
for what activity can you not wear Crocs? I mean, really, Crocs in Portland, be- unfortunately, that's true. Yeah, yeah, you you, you could wear Crocs to the theater. You could, Portland. you could wear them to the opera. You could wear them to the opera. You get married in them. You can get married in them. You could go to a meeting with like some really high level executives. And your fucking Crocs, man. It's true. With your little briefcase in there, with your little briefcase charms in them. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> I could get those for Kyla. Uh, the last made, the last story of just kind of gossip and stuff that I have is, uh, okay, we talked Game of Thrones last week. Do you have an mm-hmm. update? Do you want to talk at all about games of, Game of Thrones this well, week? Well, I feel like it's my responsibility to mm. say that shit got a little dark, but as expected, it was very, you know, just... Um, predictable, the darkness. It's uh-huh. like we had our Disney and Dean, the... the yeah if you are not watching and you are just listening and you heard my heavy breathing that was me (laughs) imitating Arya um, trying to stab the Night King and then him grabbing me me dropping the knife and then me catching the knife and (gasps) stabbing him again to kill him yes so that was last week and it was incredible and that was our Disney ending and so this week a dragon must die oh no spoiler alert it already happened but so some darkness came there's only three though right there's only two left. Oh, ugh. one left. One left now. Oh, for real? Oh, did the last one die or now that one died? Oh, no. Oh, a- sorry. There's only one dragon left. Yes. Oh, okay. I was thinking episode. Oh, got it. Yes. There's only one dragon left. So the Night King got one. Uh-huh. I mean, these dragons seem pretty vulnerable to me. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're getting passed guys. around a lot because the last time I saw anything about the dragons, Daenerys had all three. Right. And it's, they're, they're pretty vulnerable. It's like if they fly above a, uh, like any type of battle, like they're going down. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but the other side has these massive massive catapults mm. that's the deal now and so now they're vulnerable she has one left but the deal is she's pissed as fuck she's yeah, pissed she's and we're gonna see the rage of a targaryen yes. it's very predictable but yeah. this rage is probably gonna be what drives you know all the kind of twists and turns coming well i love that you're talking about daenerys because that's the story that's that i have okay. so uh just a little a small pin in what you, in the storyline uh this week uh game of thrones was getting a lot of heat because it's a on a huge budget it's a 15 million dollar an episode adventure and somebody forgot to take uh denarius's starbucks coffee cup off of the table in between filming is that real i had the same thought is that real because it looks like okay first of all the picture we've got is kind of blurry but i did find it online and i'm like obviously this would be very easy to photoshop but hbo weighed in on it and they handled this they handled this in a really cute way i thought hbo said Said, the latte that appeared in the episode was an accident. Denarius actually or- ordered an herbal tea, <laughs> which I thought that was cute. Well, right, oh, but they still could have like just that. been. Um, they could have just been responding to the the Twitter, the Twitter, the Twitter. Yeah, I wonder if it's real. I'll have to go back have and to go look back and, and watch, see if look it's for this real. scene. Yeah. So anyway, it was weird. It was We're weird. The there was this big like post battle party scene, mm. and it was just more of this. Um, I don't know. I just felt like it was really the the Disney version where they're just really catering to. Um, the audience yeah. like we have to show them relish we have to show them relishing this accomplishment we have to show these little like more intimate conversations um, Brienne has to lose her virginity to Jamie and then Jamie's gonna just quickly turn around and be like but I'm bad yeah. it was just very Ugh. predictable very yeah. like I could see where where they're writing to um, go to the storyline so yes bad things happen but this is still total HBO writing we're yeah. still on a very predictable arc I hope that they throw in a surprise I th- I'm sure they that they will because mm-hmm. someone's gonna betray someone and you just don't know at this point who it is. I have some ideas, though. Anyway, it's good. But we're still on the Disney trip, I say, even though Dragon died. Yeah, I mean. Oh, and her her homegirl died, too, and that was pretty awful. Okay. So she's pissed. Okay, yeah, she's going to be mad. She's pissed. I'd like to see the wrath. That'll be great. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is really all that we have for catching up on what's going on in the world. So that's all the pop culture, all the world stuff. But we have some time to talk about uh, more... uh, I always want to call it the main topic, but I feel like we need a better. <laughs> it's more like of a personal development section mm, or personal, personal growth. Development. Let's call it our personal development segment. Segment. We're moving into our personal development segment. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that what we want to talk about, I don't know, have any of our listeners caught the redemption project with Van Jones? No. And I don't know any of Van Jones's story either. So Van Jones, I was CNN. I was briefly yes and he was a he's a pundit basically okay. and he's his background is in law and he works in prison reform mm. and so that's and so he's also he has a law firm in San Francisco where KKW is mm. doing her internship hours got it um right now so he has been I've known him you know sometime from I don't know if it was 2008 where he started popping up or later mm-hmm. 
Um, but he's a big supporter, obviously, of Barack Obama. He does a lot of talking about prison reform. Mm. And I followed him in a way I liked what he had to say. He always seemed very measured, very even, very smart. Mm-hmm. And I thought like, oh, this is a guy that like I, I can like kind of listen to because you know how I am with my media. Yeah, you're selective. And then that election came around. <laughs> bye. And bye, I was just bye, like, bye, I really bye, had bye. to get real selective yeah. about my media. Mm. And Cut he drug. has a Ruthless. magazine called Mother Jones. And oh. that was one of my, my media selections that I decided to kind of keep around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Until, until Van Jones, he made this comment about Donald Trump being presidential. Uh-huh. He, he said that he early in Donald Trump's presidency, he handled some, I think it was some foreign something crisis, in a way something that was in a quote, way unquote, that was presidential. quote unquote presidential. Mm-hmm. And I was just, and he stood behind it. He stood Ugh. behind it and he just kind of stuck up for it. And now I'm wondering what like the inroads are because with his, um, relationship with Kim Kardashian and her mm. relationship with Donald, Donald Trump, Trump. I'm <gasps> beginning to understand there might be some stuff yeah. behind that that I probably am not with. Yeah, that's really um, surprising because I don't know much about Mother Jones other than that it's like very progressive, very left leaning. You know, like it would not be a place that I would expect to have anything complimentary uh, to to Donald Trump, and it would not be a place where I would expect to see a connection between the main editor or contributor or owner of it and Donald. But right. obviously, KKW is a clear is a clear connection between the two because she's always in she has spent more time in the Oval Office than Donald Trump has himself which is <laughs> okay I, I don't know hyperbolic. what's worse like, that's hyperbolic it may but. be true but I don't know what's worse <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean yeah like I mean they're both unqualified reality TV stars right right <laughs> who and she will probably be president Oh, one day. One day. <laughs> anyway, um, so he has this new um, limited series on CNN. It's called The Redemption Project, and it's around his work he's done with inmates okay. and prison reform. Mm-hmm. And um, so the, there's two episodes out. The first one is where there's a woman who was in a drunk driving accident. She's a alcoholic now in recovery. Mm-hmm. And about 10 years ago, she was involved in an accident while she was three times the legal limit mm. where she, um, basically changed a 15 year old's life forever. Yeah. Um, she, uh, the result of the accident was the driver, the drunk driver had some broken bones mm. and ended up, you know, going to jail. And the 15 year old who was driving the other car mm-hmm. under a permit, ended up with a traumatic brain injury and is now in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. She can breathe on her own. She can, it do, it looks like she can eat food on her own, but she, because of her brain injury, she, and she's a paraplegic. Yeah. I don't know if she's a quad or a para. I think yeah. she's a para. Um, she's unable to verbalize and she has to be taken care of around the clock 24 yeah. seven. Um, so not a, not a vegetable, but just a severely impacted life. Yeah. She was a really promising 15 year old cheerleader all, you know, I mean the irony of driving drunk and getting in a, I think it's irony. I've used that word wrong twice already today. So why not give it another shot? Um, you know, is that, you know, when, when you're driving under the influence and you get in a car accident because you're under the influence, you're not able to like. Uh, tense up in the way that you would if you were sober. And so a lot of times drunk drivers walk away from accidents that kill sober people or would have killed them if they were sober. And like, it's just, um, such an unfathomable, I don't know what it sounds horrific, no matter what. Yeah. So, so the premise of this special is he takes some time, um, talking to the, the person. So that the, well, the premise is that these two are finally going to meet and it's not, and it's not like, and it is not like Van Jones going, Oh, Hey, do you want to meet the woman Mm -hmm. who did this to your daughter? Mm -hmm. It's this woman and through her, which it really looks like her recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, she wants, she wants to make an amend is what it looks like to me. Yeah. And they have previously wanted to hear from her and they were wondering why it had taken so long. Mm. So these people had already been in the system trying to connect. Yeah. And then this is just where they get a mediator on board and they film it and they help it connect. So it doesn't feel like terribly exploitative to me um, because they, they, talk about the background of how they've tried to attempt to meet in the past and what that means to them and why they want to and why they've these two cases we've seen so far why they've wanted to in a long time yeah I want to just interject quick because something that we that um that I want to make clear about amends is that oftentimes like we won't make a direct amend to someone, a face-to-face amend to someone if, it, if it's going to cause them more harm. So right. a really key piece of this is that the family had already been looking to for some closure, wanting to hear from um, this woman who wanted to know 
what happened right. or what she had to say, you right. know, because otherwise I would be like, oh, my God, why would you? Yeah, their, their, their response was, why didn't you send this letter sooner? Wow. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Um, so. So, yeah. So she wasn't like out like I'm going to call this TV show. I want to talk to right, them. Right, it it right. was not like that at all. Mm-hmm. So the, the, what had happened was these parents have now spent 10 years taking care of their daughter in a completely different state. These parents, also their lives have changed because they are now full-time nurses. And yeah. they didn't talk about this on the show, but I suspect have gone medically bankrupt because yeah. I know what it means to so, have somebody in the ICU for all that time and, yeah. um, and all the therapies and everything that it takes. So their lives have changed too. Mm-hmm. And they had the sister, the, the woman who was the drunk driver went to jail for seven years. Mm -hmm. She obviously, I shouldn't say obviously she got clean in jail and apparently you can stay real high in jail. Yeah. I didn't know that, but I do now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She did get clean in jail. Uh And, um, she got out of jail. She got out on parole. She continued to stay clean and sober Mm -hmm. and she, um, got married and she now has a five week old baby at the Mm -hmm. time of filming and her, uh, her story is a very familiar story to you and I, mm-hmm. and it is, you know, the, this dark, horrific thing that happened to me, the dark night saved my life. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard for her to grapple with what that means because she fully understands what she did to them. Yeah. And then they're here dealing with, they still have so much anger Yeah, and there is a lot of anger, honestly. Right. Um, and I think that a lot of it for them was confrontation. Mm. Like we want to show you what you did because you can't possibly understand. Yeah. And, um, and I, one of the things that really came through is, but they don't understand what regret does to us. Yeah. Like regret Oof. and guilt is incredibly painful mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Once we get clear and once we get right and we have to, wake up every morning also knowing Knowing. what we did and praying to have an opportunity to go back and do it different Mm -hmm. and knowing that we can't is also incredibly painful and they don't cancel each other out I mean I think that's the thing that gets when stuff is so intense like this or there's such intense emotion around something like that it's not like that there can only be um on the one side, gratitude that this dark night saved my life and tremendous regret about how it happened. And then on the other side, all this pain and anger and loss, right? I mean, it's, it's like these all have to, all of these feelings have to find, they all coexist together. It's not just one, one doesn't, one set of them doesn't invalidate the others, you know? Right. And that's hard, especially when you're in it, that's hard to know because it's like mine is worse. Yeah. But mine is worse. Yeah. I'm the (laughs) victim. But mine is worse. You're the damn stupid piece of shit junk drunk driver yeah you need to come and see what you did to me yeah and no apology that you're going to provide to me is yeah. really going to work I just want you to see what you did to me yeah and that's kind of how it started off now the yeah. girl who is now um I don't know 25 yeah pro- yeah 25 the girl from the, the, the girl from the accident okay. she's coming too mm. um and now she has a brain injury But this was like an incredible lesson for me because sometimes when we have all this shit removed, all this worldly shit that we worry about with our really fucking intact brains, um, the stuff that comes through is like more of just like the human instincts and drives. And so the parents, they they start out with um, the woman who was driving and then the parents and the older sister or she was a younger sister, but now Mm. she's older. So she's probably 23 and they tell her how their lives were impacted. She reads their letter. Um, the letter was very honest, very, you know, just as well-written as it could be. True. you know, she basically apologized. She had to reveal to them that she had a five week old and she completely understands how hard that must be for them to hear Mm -hmm. because this girl can't have a baby. Right. And they go through all that. And the father is pretty, you know, receptive to it. I think even the daughter, the other, the sister's receptive, Uh but the mom was really like, no, like you don't know what you, what you did to me. Then they bring the girl in Mm -hmm. and she comes in and, um, I think she was actually in when they read the letter. I can't remember. But she was so just, she couldn't verbalize, but they could understand what she was saying. So mm-hmm. they were able to kind of like translate her like, her like gestures, multi, or her, her like, like very short syllable, like what she was saying. It was just, mm-hmm. but they sounded to us just like, you know, incomprehensible. Uh-huh. Um, but she said to her, you're pretty. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she said to her, thank you. Mm-hmm. 
And she said something else to her that was just really like you could tell that she just was coming from a place of love in her heart. And even though she has a brain injury, she was appropriate. You know, she wasn't like, you're pretty. Let me see your boobs. (laughs) Like, like we know people with brain injuries can be. Yeah. 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 Um, So I just well, they maybe they she did. Maybe they edited it out. (laughs) (laughs) What I what I uh, what I what I get from that and just seeing, you know, it's something that we that we talk about in recovery a lot. And um or that I, t- I mean, I'll just speak for myself. I don't want to, you know, we talk about it in recovery a lot, um, is this idea of the transfer, how 12 steps can um, really be transformative to take us from a place where like my pain's the worst. I'm the victim. All of this horrible stuff happened to me. The, if you had my life, you would do this too. I'm so angry, blah, blah, all that fuel. We do some step work. And then a lot of it is transformed to like acceptance, you know, and, um, asking, you know, asking every day, like, how can I be of maximum service? knowing that we can't go back and undo that. So, you know, that's kind of been my solution. Like I can't go back and undo some of the stupid, horrible stuff that I did, but I can move forward in my life every day being of maximum service to to other people in my life, right? Um, and so one of the things that people talk about, like a gift of recovery is that like, even though this was this dark night, it gave me this whole new way to approach my life. And if I had had all this tragedy, you know, if I'd had all this stuff that happened to me in my life and I wasn't alcoholic, I might not have picked up this set of tools that helped me transform uh, this pain and in, in ch- channel it into a service-oriented lifestyle. Um, and so it's like, you know, I can see where like being on the other side of this, like being a true victim, right? She's Mm -hmm. like, their family is a victim of circumstance. Like they don't probably, I don't know, like who knows what kind of grief counseling they've done or who knows what kind of tools are available to them. And also who knows what kind of willingness they have to pick them up. And so just like the pain of all that is just like, I bet that was really moving. It was. And and, like the story's not over. So Mm -hmm. the parents actually do, um, they go and they speak at classes to teenagers to mm-hmm. kind of like say like this is what drunk driving can do and right. and the the young girl in the wheelchair goes and the parents go and they talk to kids in in like high school level like Very sophomores about oriented. it yeah and um the driver she talks at DUI classes and mm-hmm. tells her story at DUI classes so they're both trying to use this oper- this what this horrible thing that Tragedy, happened yeah. as an opportunity to be of service right. and um and hopefully prevent it from happening to other people yeah um also they have a mediator in the room with them and the Mm -hmm. mediator is very clear about this is not about to change what happened right we can't change what happened right what happened happened this isn't about forgiveness Mm -hmm. this isn't about to make you guys walk out the door and just suddenly feel better right this is how important only about having a conversation yeah um period just to really manage everyone's expectations right what a beautiful that is I never would have thought of that (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And, and so, and then the, the, the overarching effect, I think, and so the overarching effect is that I'm having other thoughts coming into, but the overarching effect is, and this is um, something that my daughter and I talk about with, you know, political divisions. Uh-huh. The overarching effect is when we're in our anger and mm-hmm. when we're in our even victimhood, even though she's a true victim, yeah. and I, they have every right to be there. Yeah. Um, we're seeing the other person as the enemy, mm-hmm. the perpetrator, right. the bad. Mm-hmm. Um, this allows each of them to see the humanness and yeah. the, the person. Right. And um, and on a very kind of, you know, sh- kind of surface level, that kind of human love that we have for each other. You know how mm-hmm. you can be so angry at somebody, but when you sit down and talk to them face to face, like a person, mm-hmm. you can't deny their humanity. Right. You can't say the things to their face that you say about them behind their back right. or on a internet board or troll or whatever. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. And so what it does is I think for me is like, it brings the love into the room or as mm-hmm. much as can be brought into the room. Some of us yeah. have bigger capacities to like open our hearts and shine that love out than others. Mm-hmm. But it, it kind of starts this off on a foundation of love. And I think that that's something that is going to have to happen with politics too in a country right now that's yeah. so divided. Right. When we're sitting down, you know, across the table from somebody or, you know, across like whatever, whatever it is you do, if you are in a gun club, right? right? And you're, you're shooting next to somebody who happens to be, you know, progressive and liberal. Mm-hmm. They just happen to like guns like you, right. you become friends and you see that person as a human yeah. and you start to know them, you know, whatever it 
is the activity is, is like when we get face to face with each other, they don't become the enemy. They don't become hateful. They don't mm-hmm. become, oh, they must be stupid. Right. That goes away. And a little bit of like human, like love, the instinct, I think the instinct of human love kind of comes through. And I yeah. think that that's kind of what um, I noticed happen is sort of the point of this redemption project. Mm. Um, now for me mm-hmm. as a alcoholic in recovery, mm-hmm. um, there was some profound feelings on the other, on, on other sides where, sure. um, I to have the feeling that I could be in her shoes. Yeah. It was really, um, Oh my God. Really overwhelming. Yeah. Cause I knew it. Yeah. I always knew it yeah. when I was drinking. Yeah. And the, I have to disclaim, I mean, I drank and drove a lot and it's not, it's just by luck mm-hmm. that I didn't hurt myself or somebody else. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I almost flipped my car once and that was it, you know, well, twice actually. But, you know, it's not because I was good or deserving or I was just like fucking lucky. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So also to like be able to watch this and have the humility of Mm. realizing that I am, I'm no different than her. Yeah. Um, It was a nice reminder Mm. of the pain and the pain and the harm that, that alcohol can cause to families. Yeah. Well, and one of the things I love about what you just mentioned about kind of sitting down at the table or becoming involved with people who have different views than us and like how we can see each other's humanity. It's so important because, you know, in this day and age with technology, I feel like even all of the algorithms aside, we are so much more willing to be in our phones, in our technology, interacting in this technological way than we are anymore to call up a friend and say, Hey, let's go grab a coffee or call, you know, go out to coffee with a coworker. When I was still working nine to five, um, at two o'clock every day, I would be like, I would go across the entire floor of my 12th floor office and be like, I'm going for coffee. Anyone want to go? And just, I would, anyone that wants to go can come with me. We're going to walk three blocks down, grab a cup of coffee and come back. And like, of course the usual suspects came, but it was, I'd offer it to everyone and to people I didn't know, you know what I mean? For the opportunity to just like get to know them better or see their humanness or talk to them about whatever project they're working on. And so I don't do that as much, especially now that I don't work, I'm not around as many strangers as I was, you know, I'm not around as many different type of people as I was six months ago. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, we all know that the algorithms on our phones create this confirmation bias where we only get news, you know, we only see stories that already confirm the thoughts that we already have. And, you know, right. and that does nothing but polarize us even further. So it's like, we really do have to start to, you know, when I was thinking, I really was thinking about it in the broader context of politically, like how in the world am I going to, you know, I need to put some energy and action into like sitting down across the table with some people that I don't necessarily have the same views with. Right. And you don't have to sit across the table with them and talk politics. No, we could talk about anything. Talk about their family, talk about, you know, whatever's going on in their lives. Like you said, the project they're working on at work. Yeah, totally. We don't have to start. We probably shouldn't start on politics. Right. We probably should start on like what kind of pastries we like or, you know, whatever. I don't, you know, whatever it is. I mean, and it can start even smaller than that because I'm not going to be going out to fucking coffee with any random, Mm -hmm. (laughs) with any random anytime soon. Mm -hmm. Sorry. (laughs) But I can, you know, I could look the people in the eye who I'm buying my coffee from yeah. and I could just genuinely say hi how are you you know yeah. a lot of people don't do that yeah um it just it could be just that yeah. because you don't I don't have to know whoever's you know selling me the coffee I don't have to know their political leaning or right. whatever just to, just to, to like human. want to connect yeah as a human eye to eye and I will tell you what like the best thing I ever did and mm-hmm. the and I and it was totally unnoticeable un- which was crazy was delete my Facebook account yeah delete not suspend delete it's like it took my head out of my phone like in such a way that was um freed me up to look around me and I didn't even notice it was gone yeah and it it was real and so Joey just took Twitter off of his phone Mm because his thing was Twitter yeah Jeff does Instagram every once in a while yeah I just I'm probably should be better at Instagram because we kind of need to do it I know but um, (laughs) I'm sitting here going like what do we need to have what do we not need to have go for a long time (laughs) without looking at Instagram but I did just post a photo on WeeBay's page so I have been looking a little bit more yeah I love it and I just think I um I'm glad to be having the conversation that we're having today because the other piece of it is like and I truly believe that this is the journey for me is to learn to accept my own humanness and to learn to accept it in other people. Yeah. You know, that we're all just humans. You know, what is it? We're all spiritual beings having a human experience. And I like that, you know, like we're, you know, it's, it's not fair for me to expect perfection. It's not fair, you know, and I think that's why the moderators um, kind of, outline really resonated for me to say, Hey, listen, we're not anticipating anyone walking away feeling 
like they're on cloud nine, like right. everything's been resolved and you're forgiven and you feel great now. You know, it's like, we're just going to talk about, we're just going to have a conversation mm-hmm. and acknowledge each other's humanness. What a, what a gift that is. Yeah. Yeah. And also for, you know, this to be on, on CNN where people can see, like, it was really impactful to me because I already fully understand what this woman who, the, who was, who is the drunk driver mm-hmm. was going through. Right. I understand she has a disease. She talked about her alcoholism and how even after it happened, she didn't stop drinking. Yeah. Yep. And, um, and so for me, I, I kind of understand how that's a sickness yep. and I get, I, I understand what she has mm-hmm. and I don't see her as an evil person. Right. But a lot of people in America do, right? right. Drunk drivers, they're really easy to hate. Vil- to vilify. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, like the family was sort of the, um, the example of that. They're really easy to hate. And what it, what it did was it just kind of gave the message out to the people who are watching this, who are open to receive it, to see her in a different light, yeah. to take away that veil of, I just just automatically get to hate her right to I I get to see her experience it's really hard for people who haven't gone through it though to not understand how we just can't stop yeah like you know it's like well if you hit somebody and you cause them to almost die why would you pick up another drink Drink, I'd pick up more right right? and people don't understand that and so just to have kind of um, one person putting herself out there in such a vulnerable way to say I'm that person Mm -hmm. I did it and I kept drinking. She mm-hmm. didn't make excuses for yeah. herself. She said, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was just so powerful to me. And I'm, I was just so happy to see this on TV. I was so moved in so many ways. Um, and so Van Jones, I think he did good. Although there was one thing that Van Jones did that was crazy. Yeah, so tell me what it he was. wears these little glasses <laughs> that are like this. And yeah. you know, like, what do you do when, when you start, when something makes you cry and you start shedding a little tear? Like, what do you, what I do you usually do? Take off my glasses, wipe my eye. Yeah. Like show me how you would wipe your eye. I guess I probably would go like that with my, I yeah. would put my, rub my finger underneath my eyelid. Yeah. So I don't think I would like go like this and like mush my eyes would up. Would you go, when, would you leave your glasses <laughs> on and go? <laughs> No, you definitely take your glasses off. A a four-year-old child (laughs) wiping away a tear. Van Jones, get it together. Take those glasses off when you cry. Quit being so attention seeking. (laughs) God. Oh, I love it. What a great episode. Thank you so much for bringing that, um, that personal development segment for the day. Uh, is there anything else that you want to throw in there before we sign off? No, because when we sign off, we're going to start our ruthless, ruthless review, which you want to go to Patreon to check out. But there's going to be a small interim where I have to make a phone call because I'm dealing with insurance shit. Yes. Um, but I'm also going to eat this. Going to eat some toast. All right. Well, we're sending lots of love, light, and gold from Portland, Oregon. Don't forget. Stay vigilant. Yeah. Don't drink and drive. Don't drink and drive. <laughs>